0: We're going to get into the draft talk. We're going to get into that. But there's a lot of chit chat on Twitter right now, a lot of conversations going on between Grizzlies players and and subliminals being thrown on the Warriors' side and things like that. And I think this is sort of becoming a rivalry. Some people are downplaying that, but the Grizzlies and the Warriors could be the next great rivalry in the NBA. And we're going to talk about that right here, Right now, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host, the Michael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee, covering your Memphis Grizzlies. It's been a fun ride uh, this past season, watching this team jump up to the second-best record in the NBA, 56-26 and regular season record. Actually went six games with the Golden State Warriors, which was as much as anyone. The Warriors won the NBA Finals in six games against the Boston Celtics, but you go back and look at that series between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. The Grizzlies actually led for more minutes than Golden State, but Golden State, the more veteran team closed better because that's what veteran teams do. That's what championship teams do. But a lot of, you know, that series was interesting in its own way in terms of all of the things that were going on in between the lines and and all of that. But it's kind of carried over. It's carried over into the off season, and we're going to get more into that. But before we get to that, first of all, we appreciate you for making Locked On Grizzlies one of your first listens each and every day and one of your first watches as well. So thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Be sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave comments, and, and let us know what you think. You know, we, we appreciate all the fans. The feedback that we're getting from you guys, you know, from tuning into the shows, we incorporate that into our coverage as well. So we appreciate all of that. And without further ado, let's let's talk about, you know, this Grizzlies and Warriors thing, because just, this is this is a lot going on here. Right. Like for one, John Morant and and, and you know, uh, Draymond Green, they they traded the Twitter Jazz. and then there was Clay Thompson. You know, in his press conference after the NBA finals, you know, uh, saying that making reference to a a tweet by a Grizzlies player, which was a tweet from Jaron Jackson Jr., using the strength in numbers moniker that the Warriors adopted in the early part of their runs in 2015, 2016, during that time. So a lot of chit chat going on on both sides and it's carried over. You know, this is this isn't new. I think a lot of people saw. I tweeted that this is becoming, you know, it's a rivalry. It's becoming a rivalry. And when I tweeted that, um, you know, some people agreed. And then there were a lot of people like, the Grizzlies are beneath the Warriors. It it was more of on the Golden State side, basically saying, hey, this is a championship team. You know, Cleveland Cavaliers, that was a rivalry, which it was. But the Grizzlies aren't there yet in terms of being a rival. I get that. I get that. In the general sense... I actually agree. So um, here's the thing about this, this whole robbery, robbery word, robbery term, whatever you call it. NBA robberies. When you think of NBA robberies historically, you think of, you know, Lakers, Spurs, mid 2000s, maybe the Mavs Spurs in there as well. Uh, the Suns, Mavs, Suns, Spurs in the in the mid two thousands as well. Uh, you think of the Eastern Conference series between you know the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, uh, the LeBron James versus the Boston Celtics Big Three. You know during those runs, you think of you know even going back a little bit further, you think of the Utah Jazz, Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls. You think Detroit Pistons. Chicago Bulls, which is probably one of the most you know prominent rivalries in the sports history right up there with the Lakers and Celtics. Those are historical rivalries. And a lot of those rivalries stem from, you know, constant playoff runs and things like that. Generally speaking, generally speaking, you know, being a young guy myself, I have watched and seen how so- social media has made it easier for players, you know, to have access to each other. And what that has really led to is, in a way, players know each other better than they ever have before. So why that matters? People think just because players know each other better that players are generally nicer to each other around the NBA, which takes away from the rivalry angle overall. You don't have as many, you know, guys like, for example, when the Pistons finally lost to the Bulls. They walked off the court without shaking hands. Uh, you don't have that much hatred in the NBA anymore because a lot of these guys know each other. They follow each other on social media. Uh, they go to the same workout places and things like that to get work in in the summer, or or they know players who know players. And they're all kind of mixed in together because that's what social media has done, not just to the NBA and players. That's what it's done to the world. Literally, you can press one Button and make contact with someone in you know china or across the world that's where we are you know now so with all of that being said robberies in the nba right now are non-existent name one i mean I, I, robberies in the nba right now are straight up non-existent i think of you know this celtic team uh, they played the bucks multiple times in the playoffs they played the nets multiple times in the playoffs They played the Heat multiple times in the playoffs, and they played each of those teams in the playoffs this season during their runs. And at no point, at no point did it feel like, oh, this is a rivalry with, you know, those guys don't like those guys, those guys don't like those guys. It never felt that way. Same thing in the Western Conference with the Warriors during their entire run. uh, They always beat different teams. You know, they, they had the, the sort of budding rivalry with the Houston Rockets, but that Rockets team is broken up now. James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, uh, Trevor Ariza, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, all those guys are gone. Eric Gordon is literally over there by himself. So that Rockets team is no more. There aren't rivalries right now. And my point in saying that the Grizzlies and the Warriors are that budding rivalry because this is as close as we have gotten to a rivalry in the NBA right now. That's my point. I don't think anyone can disagree with the fact that the Grizzlies and the Warriors right now are as close as we got to a NBA rivalry. Here's why. Go back a couple years ago. You remember when Andre Iguodala was traded to the Grizzlies and, you know, the report said that he, he didn't want to play there. He wanted to go compete for a championship he was eventually you know showed off and and played with the miami heat and went to the nba finals you know with that heat team but he didn't want to play with the grizzlies and you know the grizzlies players took that some type of way john moran uh tweeted about it dylan brooks you know had some things to say about it and it it ultimately led to you know john moran and, and steph curry you know making posts on instagram you know i think Steph Curry posted, you know, a picture of Andre Iguodala in response with a championship, you know, uh, trophy in his hand. And John Morant responded by posting KD, referencing that KD was the reason that he got that championship in the other hand. So there have been some little small, you know, small interactions on the way to this point. And then when you go after the Iguodala situation, then there was the play in. A season ago i think this is actually a more important part than people are giving credit for and i had some people when i mentioned this there were some people on the golden state side said oh clay thompson didn't play you mean like how john morant missed games in this series or how steven adams missed the first couple games of this series or how you know steven adams was basically you know a big factor when he finally played in this series. The Grizzlies missed Stephen Adams, John Morant, or Dylan Brooks in every single game. They did not have their regular season starting lineup throughout that entire series, but that's neither here nor there. Clay Thompson did not play in that play in game. The Grizzlies won that play in game as the underdog. The Warriors were expected to win and shocked people. The Warriors missed the playoffs. The Grizzlies made the playoffs as the eighth seed. So, that was kind of the start of something. And then the Grizzlies actually had good regular season success against the Warriors. Now, if you follow the Warriors and you've watched them up closely over the past couple, you know, just during this run, the last seven years or so, Um, as this team got better and more confident with their winning ways after the 73 and nine run, for example, the 73 and nine run, they played as hard as they wanted to play. And they really wanted that championship. Right. After that, They kind of put it on cruise control throughout the regular season for certain points. For example, this season, we saw the Warriors, you know, resting guys a lot. Uh, Steph Curry taking his time to get back in rehab, bringing Clay Thompson back, you know, slowly. Draymond Green missing a lot of games. All those guys missed a lot of regular season time at some point. But, you know, with that being said, they always kept saying, oh, Draymond, for example, was saying, seating doesn't matter to them. They want to be. At full health in the playoffs and the warriors were at full health in the playoffs and we saw what happened they won a championship won their fourth championship in the past seven years so with all of that being said the grizzlies matched up well against this team over the past couple seasons the grizzlies are young after after dylan brooks basically said look we're young they're old they know we're coming that was his words after the grizzlies lost game six in this past year's second round series, and that series, it was a competitive series. As I mentioned earlier, the Grizzlies led for more minutes. Um, you know, John Morant missed the layup in in game one that he even said he often makes. Missed that layup, but the Warriors earned that series win. The Warriors deserved to win. The Warriors were the better team in that series overall. But the question about you know if job was healthy, if Steven Adams was available at the beginning of the series, that's always going to linger. And it's going to be a big deal going into next season. So we're going to talk about potentially what's coming up next next season with this budding rivalry between the Grizzlies and the Warriors, specifically with Andre Iguodala, uh, Clay Thompson, and a possible national TV matchup coming up next. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about bet online. See, the thing about bet online is this is this is the premier betting site there is out there right now. Bet online is your number one source for all your bet needs and you go get your sports info from bet online as well. Right now, best best options for bet online uh NHL playoffs uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and you can go over and get some the, some of your baseball coverage from Major League Baseball. I'm talking, you know, money line bets, uh, projecting players to hit home runs, projecting players to get hits, uh, parlays. All of that is available on Bet Online. So you just go over to BetOnline.net, and that's where you get all of your coverage when it comes to betting. I also want to mention the fact that. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. That's not enough. So every show is going to go live on draft night. So you can join me and or Sean Coleman for 15 minutes after the Grizzlies pick. And we will be here on YouTube for the immediate reaction from your local Experts, so subscribe now to the locked on Grizzlies on YouTube if you have not, so you can be notified when we go live. Uh, me or Sean Coleman, or potentially both of us, will be there about 15 minutes after the Grizzlies make their picks. So, yeah, this we just went into the historical significance and the meaning of the word rivalry and, and some of those rivalries in the NBA and what, what leads me to believe the Grizzlies and the Warriors are entering you know that zone. The Warriors you know the, the Warriors are a, a confident bunch. And the thing about the Warriors is a lot of people you know haven't haven't expected you know the Warriors to to fall off. So when the Warriors had those two years when they were kind of, you know, subpar winning this championship meant so much to them that you saw Draymond Green, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry saying what, you know, Steph Curry was saying, what are they going to say now? Clay's calling guys bums. Uh, Draymond is, you know, doing typical Draymond things, but it was basically the Warriors basically saying, give us our respect back. And, with that all being said, you that led to, you know, eventually, you know, Clay Thompson calling, you know, the Grizzlies player a bomb, shocked a lot of people because it's like Clay Thompson actually from what I've heard from from Grizzlies fans, Clay Thompson was the most likable of those core four guys. We know Grizzlies fans don't like Andre Iguodala. He gets he got booed here every game this past season that he was available. Draymond Green, self-explanatory. I don't think there are a lot of teams that like Draymond. Typically the type of guy, when he's on your team, you love him. He's on the opposing team, you have no love for him. Then there are the other two: Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Steph Curry's been a dagger in the heart of Grizzlies, you know, from time to time, all the way back. You know, we're talking 2015, 2016 playoff runs back in those days. Uh Steph Curry has been a thorn in the Grizzly side uh since then. Clay Thompson, on the other hand kind of the quiet demeanor guy throughout this whole stretch. You know, he's coming off missing two years of basketball. And, you know, people like his story. A guy coming back after missing two seasons to, you know, play at a high level. Not not his same elite level, but play at a high level. It's kind of an inspirational thing. But when he came out and, you know, called Jaron Jackson Jr. a bum, I think a lot of Grizz Nation Lost love for him. So it's gonna be interesting to see his reaction when he comes back to FedEx Forum. But the question is, when and where will that happen, right? So we'll talk more about this, you know, as the off-season ends, you know, and and, and the schedule release dates get here closer. But I think this this whole Twitter debacle. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, the play in two years ago with the Warriors, you know, losing to the Grizzlies. And this past season, you know, the Grizzlies uh, losing to the Warriors in the second round of the Western Conference semifinals. All of that sets us up for either an opening day matchup or a Christmas Day showdown between these two teams. I think Christmas is the more likely destination. I've seen some people have argued for some other matchups for the Warriors on christmas day but but here's the argument right here for one opening day you usually try to run back the you know the finals matchup right maybe that'll be celtics warriors opening day matchup something like that or we could see warriors grizzlies on that day wouldn't be surprised either way but it's christmas day memphis grizzlies on christmas Nation. that would be that would be something right The Warriors have played, you know, their fair share of Christmas games. And, I mean, we've seen the Warriors on Christmas against, you know, the Nets, the Cavs, and whatnot. But the Grizzlies, I fully expect to to get a Christmas game this year, whether it's against the Warriors or not. Um, You know, I've talked to people on, on the national networks, ESPN, Turner Sports, and all of those areas. And the feedback that I've gotten about the Grizzlies is the Grizzlies just straight-up put up numbers on national TV. We're talking about the Grizzlies-Warriors. Game one of that Western Conference semifinals series was the most-watched Western Conference semifinals game in the past, I believe, 10 years. It was one of the most-watched games in that stretch Uh, during the regular season in terms of engagement from the NBA and ESPN, uh, those NBA. John Morant was up there with LeBron James and Stephen Curry. And in terms of players who garnered the most engagement on social media channels for the NBA, the Grizzlies have a star who is clearly we're talking LeBron, Steph Curry engagement categories. They're going to be on TV a lot. Setting this game up for Christmas would be a complete it would be a showdown. Um, the biggest question obviously would be health at that point. You get this game open today. The there's a great chance that both teams will be fully healthy and, and you get to see. You know, a full matchup, usually we've seen, as we saw last season on Christmas Day, someone's probably going to be missing and things like that. And there leaves the questions, oh, this team wasn't fully healthy. That team wasn't fully healthy. I love it. This is setting up for a Christmas Day showdown between these two teams. Andre Iguodala, he hasn't directly said that he'll be back, but, you know, he he made a tweet somewhere. I, I don't remember his exact words on the tweet. But he basically said something like, let's let's run it back or or some words inferring that he would return, you know, next season. Then there's Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, the job, ja, John ja Morant, Jordan Poole situation. I don't think there's much more to that. You know, uh, it was a big deal during that series in the Western Conference semifinals. But we've seen John ja Morant, Jordan Poole shake hands. Uh, the Warriors are going to have to resign, you know, extend Jordan Poole at some point, so it's a question of if he and or Andrew Wiggins will even be on the team this upcoming season. But all that being said, I think this matchup between the Grizzlies and the Warriors is one of the more anticipated matchups in the league, and it has the chance to be that button rivalry because what you have is you have trash talking on both sides, and you have that older versus younger dilemma there. You know, when the Pistons were playing the Bulls, it was these older battle-tested guys, you know, from the Pistons beating up on, on young Mike Jordan, who was, you know, a buck 90 at this point, a buck 80, a skinny guy, and young and young Scotty Pippen, who, you know, eventually became, you know, one of the more versatile forwards in the game. But he was a young, young player at that point. The Pistons beat up on these guys, and they got older, and the Pistons got older, and they overlapped. And they and they overtook the Pistons. And, you know, Dylan Brooks basically said that the Grizzlies, they're young, which they were the second youngest team in NBA. The Warriors are older. And there's an argument. I saw some people on the Warriors side saying, oh, that's funny, because the Warriors have Jordan Poole. They have James Wiseman. They have Moses Moody. They have Jonathan Kaminga. They have a a big bunch of young talent. But I think it's fair to question because you have all that young talent. But neither of those guys is the established star yet. For example, the Grizzlies have an established star in John Morant. They have a guy in Desmond Bain who was just, you know, in the Rising Stars game. They have a guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. who just made first team all defense. So they have established guys, whereas Jordan Poole, we saw, you know, in a starter role, he played really well off the bench, didn't play as well and, and whatnot. So With that group, you know, Kaminga and Moses Moody showing flashes, uh, James Wiseman, you know, missing this past season, a lot of questions are still there with their young core. It's a a fair thing to say. You set this series, this rivalry up over the next couple years because they're going to play a lot of times, and I expect them to meet in the playoffs again as well. This is a budding rivalry. We're going to use the term budding rivalry for now. We're not going to call it a rivalry just yet, but – when you think about historically speaking, it's not a rivalry, but I think in terms of today's NBA, it's a rivalry. That's where I'll leave it at on that topic. It's a rivalry in terms of today's NBA because no one else is talking trash to each other like the Grizzlies and the Warriors. You think I'm wrong, uh, leave leave comments. Uh, let me know. Uh, I don't see any other teams dueling it out like the Grizzlies and the Warriors in terms of there being a healthy dislike for one another on the court, and the anticipation is going to keep building up over the course of the summer let me tell you something else that i'm anticipating that, that i'm really anticipating that's my next built bar and you should go check out get you a bill bar too see bill bar you you have different options of this great chocolate we're talking mint brownie uh coconut uh coconut almond there's a new white chocolates cookies and cream out there and the thing about Built bar is Built bar is always going to prioritize good taste but it's also One of the healthiest chocolate bars available out there. Half as many calories and just as much chocolate as candy bars that a lot of you like to consume. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate. So you want to go get you a Built Bar? Here's how you do it. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your next order. Again, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 get 15% off your next order for Bill bar. So we've talked about this this budding rivalry between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies and you know what it can become over the next few years well for that to happen you know there're going to be some some new players who are going to emerge themselves into the rivalry that we're not even talking about yet. Some of those players may be found in this year's NBA draft for the Grizzlies we're talking about. The Grizzlies have three picks. They have the 22nd pick, the 29th pick, and the 47th pick overall in the second round of the NBA draft. But we talked about what the Grizzlies should do if they trade up, if they trade down, if they stay put. Talked about all these different prospects and things like that. Going to talk to you about right now while the Grizzlies may not even need those picks. They may not even need them. So there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what the Grizzlies should do, what the Grizzlies could do. And a lot of talk about trading up, trading down. I'm going to throw a different option at you. I'm going to throw a different option out there. And this is the Grizzlies trading those picks to acquire veteran talent. Let me tell you why I think this is a good idea. At the end of the day, the Grizzlies have the second youngest roster in the NBA. They have, they have youth at point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Youth all up and down the entire roster. The Grizzlies did not have a player last season over 28 years old. This team has plenty of youth. I think when you talk about becoming a championship team, the next level of development will be adding those key veterans to plug in on this team for next season. Backup point guard, a veteran at backup point guard, a veteran wing, uh, maybe a couple veteran wings. You might not need a veteran center if you got Steven Adams and you know you got Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, Santiago. Dalma. center is a loaded position for the Grizzlies. But you add your couple wings, you add your veteran backup point guard who has starting experience as most of the Locked On Grizzlies viewers uh, know I've mentioned that the free agent market will include guys like Dennis Stroder, who started games and been one of the best six men off the bench. Uh, Ray John Rondo, starter as an NBA champion. Uh, Ricky Rubio, coming off an ACL injury, but a proven starter in this, in this league as well. DeLon Wright, played well with the Grizzlies in a short stint, but also a very proven backup this past season with the Atlanta Hawks. Options galore for the Grizzlies to address the backup point guard. And, of course, there's Tyus Jones. They own in-house option as well to, re- you know, re-sign him and bring him back on a bigger deal. All those options are out there, but here's the deal. The Grizzlies, they don't have a lot of open spots on their roster right now. Um, you have John Morant under contract. You have Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, John Conchar, Um Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams. It's a long list. And free agent-wise, Tyus Jones, Gies Fawn, Kyle Anderson. Those are your three free agents. So the Grizzlies adding three rookies to this team almost handicaps you to the point of saying if the Grizzlies add three rookies in the NBA draft, they have to either, you know, Get rid of a, of one of those rookies, possibly being on a guaranteed contract, because first round picks are are automatically guaranteed contracts. Or you're going to have to cut one of those guys, uh, French bottom of the roster guys, like uh, you know guys like John Conchar, who've you know made impacts at times, or Xavier Tillman, or you know you part ways with a guy like Santi Aldama. However, that plays out, the Grizzlies don't have you know a lot of spots where they say hey let's add five new guys because this roster is loaded with young talent and they're all under contract. So here's the option that I'm presenting. There are teams out here draft pick hungry. We know the OKC Thunder, for example, have been out there hunting draft picks for you for example the last couple of years. They've been taking on draft picks to take on contracts and things like that to get more first round capital to add to their youthful group. Those are the type of teams Well, the Grizzlies could trade their first round picks, go get a veteran guy who can produce on this team right now. And there aren't many examples. I looked at last year's NBA draft to see, did any team make this move? There was one, and it actually was a pick that the Grizzlies have this year. The Grizzlies have the 29th overall pick in the NBA draft, the Suns had the 29th overall pick in the NBA draft last season. The Suns used that pick, 29th overall. They traded it to the Brooklyn Nets in order to acquire Landry Schmidt. Landry Schmidt ended up being a a reserve guard for the Suns, came off the bench as the backup shooting guard behind Devin Booker, and played a lot of meaningful basketball for them. So, again, a guy who was acquired to add depth and, you know, deepen the roster and bring something new to the roster. He was a guy who played point guard and shooting guard for them. So, with that being said, the ideal player for me in this situation would be Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, the asking price as for for Malcolm Brogdon, I, I don't know what the Indiana Pacers expect to get back for him. But here's the deal: the Grizzlies have around twenty to twenty-four million in cap space estimate. Zach Kleiman was you know asked about cap cap space. And the Grizzlies having that space, you know, in his exit interview right after the season ended. And he basically, you know, threw that number out the window because he said that number doesn't factor in, you know, wanting to resign, you know, guys, potentially Tyus Jones or Kyle Anderson, and having to sign draft picks, which would be two first rounders on guaranteed deals and a potential signing a second round pick as well. Once you factor in all those things, that 20 million plus in cap space does not matter. But the Grizzlies want it to matter. I mean, I mean, the Grizzlies are saying, you know, it doesn't matter. But I think, you know, as a fan base, you should want that cap space to matter. And the perfect guy out there is Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is on a decent contract with the Pacers. For one, he'll be an expiring player, $22.6 million. So I said the Grizzlies will have somewhere between 20 and $24 million available in cap space, which means they almost will be able to take in his entire salary by just moving picks to the Pacers. Again, the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner's name's been floated out there in rumors, so they're clearly going youthful. On that side. The, the Pacers are embracing a youthful move. You know, uh, not I don't think they're tanking, I think they're just embracing, you know, rebuilding this team around Tyrese Halliburton, a guy like Chris Dorte, who had a really good rookie year for them as well. And that would mean moving the veteran, Malcolm Brogdon, former rookie of the year. Really big piece to some of those Bucks teams that fell short, didn't get to the finals, and actually had a couple good seasons with the NAL Pacers. And this is a guy who was a 50-40-90 guy. And People say, oh, what would the fit be on the Grizzlies? Well, you talk about the backup point guard position. This would be your backup point guard, and not only would it be the backup point guard, he would be a guy you could play beside, alongside John Morant and Desmond Bain, because Malcolm Brogdon is a proven good defender who can guard point guards, who can guard shooting guards, who has a big enough you know, body mass and frame. To, to hold his own against small force as well, like he did a lot of times playing with Milwaukee. I think he's a versatile fit for the Grizzlies, and you may have to move one contract to make the dollars work. But overall, the Pacers are a team right now who look like they'll take on some picks. They'll take on a couple first-round picks in order to get rid of the the Malcolm Brogdon contract and get him off you know, on that expiring deal. And the Grizzlies, they're in win-now mode, right? I think most of you are can agree. You want to see the Grizzlies win a championship right now. Uh adding a guy like that who's a proven scorer off the bench, he can make he can make shots, he can defend at a high level. That is a possible move to watch in the NBA draft. That's a big move. It's a very big move when you're talking about possibly moving the 22nd and 40 in the 47th pick, or the 22nd and the 29th pick, or however that would play out in order to get your hands on a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. But I'm not limiting this to Malcolm Brogdon. Like I said, we can do players on a smaller level. Like I said, Landry Schmidt is not on the level of Malcolm Brogdon as a player. There are smaller players, guys who come off the bench, you know, for teams who won't be, who don't plan on being in contention next season that the Grizzlies can try to go out there and throw their name in, in a hat for and throw and throw a first round pick at some of those teams who were just interested in acquiring young talent. So that's one of the ways we haven't really talked about much that the Grizzlies can improve, you know, this roster, because right now that's what it's all about for the Grizzlies, right? It's all about roster improvement and just building on this depth. The starting lineup It's pretty much solidified in a way. Uh, We've talked about Dylan Brooks and and Steven Adams possibly being moved. But at the end of the day, Desmond Bain, uh, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., those guys are locked in starters uh, next season. So a lot of options on the table for the Grizzlies. But I think there needs to be more consideration about moving those picks and getting veteran talents. Even if they move the 22nd and 29th pick to acquire two players, that's an option as well. But since we're talking about the draft, before you go, before you leave, make sure you re- you've you tuned in to the Locked On NBA Big Board for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. See, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have already been made. So all you have to do is search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, and you get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey Sports Experts, the draft exports of Locked On NBA Big Board as well. The five episodes of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft are already underway, so make sure you're checking them out. You're tuning in. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today after Locked on Grizzlies. We appreciate you for making the Locked on Grizzlies your first listen. We will have one more episode coming up before the NBA draft, and then after that, we get to the fun stuff. We'll be recapping who the Grizzlies draft and the potential you know, of what those players could bring to the Grizzlies. And there are also going to be some roster questions answered by how the Grizzlies approach the draft. We will get into all that, but we'll talk about that more on the next episodes of Locked on Grizzlies. But we appreciate you for tuning in.